welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip the Block, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about law enforcement issues and the news, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce our huge crew to you this evening. Uh, yes, we have uh, uh, Chief John Newman, all retired this evening. We have uh, Special Agent Mike Roach, Secret Service. We have Producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP. Uh, yes, our new sponsor. More about them later. Uh, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, Tactote.com, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make the show happen. Um, as usual, as I always say, we have an excellent lineup this evening and some very uh, interesting uh, stories and especially a lot of stuff on the on the national front. And when I say national front, I mean some really big national news. So we're going to start off with, uh, I think it, the, the first two main stories, I believe, are on Fox. So foxnews.com, we have Vice Chair of Treasury Department's new Racial Equity Committee wants to defund police, center race in all policy. So um, like this was first on Fox, so the vice chair of the Treasury Department, it's the newly announced Racial Equity Committee. They want to defund the police and put racial justice at the center of all government policymaking. It goes on to say that Treasury Sec Secretary Janet Yellen on Tuesday announced that the formation of a 25-member committee called the Treasury Advisory Committee on Racial Equity, uh, it will identify, monitor, and review aspects of domestic economy um, that have directly and indirectly resulted in unfavorable conditions for communities of color. So Felicia Wong, she's the president and CEO of the Roosevelt Institute. Uh, she was announced to serve as the Racial Equity Committee's vice chair. And it goes on to say that since 2012, Wong, the vice chair, has led the Roosevelt Institute, which is a liberal think tank that wants to abolish all for-profit prisons. They want to reimagine capitalism and they put racial justice at the center of all government policymaking. Uh, it says that last year, the, the Roosevelt Institute published a report co-authored by Wong titled A New... Uh, a paradigm for justice and democracy. They argued that all policy from vaccine distribution to higher education funding to tax reform, they all have racialized effects. And uh, recognizing that this reality, uh, that they will always be considering race and policy design, and it's therefore vital. So Wong and the authors wrote that a skills-based, opportunity-focused liberalism is outdated and that it ignores uh, systemic racism and that our mainstream politics have yet to recognize, prioritize, and make central the reckoning, race, equity, and self-determination that a multiracial democracy would require. Lastly, it says that the report praised the idea of wealth redistribution in the name of racial justice, and it argued that equity means equal outcomes, not equal opportunities. So there you have it. Um, man, I'd love to get some comments from you guys on what you think about this. I've never seen anything good come out of this. What do you think, Chief John? No, neither do I. I mean, there's a key word in that article. They want to do away with skills-based, and, and, and dare I say needs-based, because you heard what the BB said about um, FEMA um, yes, resources coming down to Florida after Ian, that it should be based on, you know, uh, along the racial lines and for people that um, of color, because they're the communities that are impacted the most. When we start moving away from skills-based and needs-based, which in my opinion, regardless of what people think, it's colorblind. If your house got wiped out because of a hurricane, didn't make a difference what you looked like when you were living in there, your house got wiped out. If your skill set doesn't allow you 
to hold a certain job or to do a certain task, it doesn't really make a difference what color you are. You can't do that job. So the biggest thing, the takeaway for me in that article was the fact that they were looking at that pivotal comment, skills-based, and want to do away with it and say it's got to be along racial lines. And I, I just think that's completely misguided. All right, thanks. I mean, I know we've got some other stories coming up where a jurisdiction is uh, what's stopping like the crosswalking violations because they uh, in a, in a disproportionately affect, you know, uh, you know, a racial uh, equivalent in, you know, in the area. So it's just it's just no, I no, 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 Chip. no, no. We'll get to that article. But it alleges it's an allegation. It's not substantive. There's no there's no facts in that. What we're going to talk about that says that's the truth. But, yeah, we'll talk about that. I agree with you. Um, th thanks, Chief. Uh, uh, Special Agent Mike Roach. Yeah, so I have to agree with John. Yeah, well, um, you know, they're throwing away the entire uh, idea or concept of meritocracy. And, you know, when, you know, you're penalizing people for working hard and, and trying to do their best, regardless of where they've come from. And, you know, like John was saying, especially inside the house, you know, it should be colorblind. I mean, when I responded to a call to a house fire, I wasn't ringing the doorbell to see, hey, who's living on the inside of the house, you know? And, um, you, you know, it's kind of funny that, you know, say today is Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day. And, you know, so, you know, picking up on that concept, you know, I, I often see where the first Americans or the Native Americans are often overlooked in this conversation. And um, you see that, you know, they've canceled, um, you know, a lot of the permitting for oil exploration on native land. And, you know, that's one and a half billion dollars of income to the Native Americans. And, and there's never any conversation about that or the high unemployment rate amongst the, the Native Americans or alcoholism. And uh, they're kind of, you know, the, the forgotten people when it comes to, you know, the, the communities of color, so to speak. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a shame that this is where we've come. I mean, we'll have to see what the Supreme Court has to say, because I don't think they're going to, you know, uh, go along with this either. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Uh, you know, Mike, that you that you made a uh, chief John. I mean, when you start talking about minorities, I mean, I know we normally talk about the black community, but you've got, um, you know, American Indian, you've got Hispanic. My wife is Colombian. I mean, you know, where do you where do you start off or how do you just limit it? Well, there's a lot that's misguided. I mean, you look right. We, we talk about it every week that law enforcement's having a hard time meeting their recruiting numbers. Yet you just saw the military. Several branches are not meeting their recruiting numbers. Yet the military is going to spend millions of dollars of renaming certain, you know, um, camps or a certain uh, headquarters or barracks away from, um, you know, these civil right, Southern civil right generals names and going to rename them. Is that the hill we want to die on? Is that where our focus is? Is our focus with this person that we started out, not to have the best, but to have the ones that meet a certain number? And, I, and you get on that slippery slope and it's, it's going to lead to ineffectiveness. It's gonna, it's gonna, not going to be a good outcome overall. Whether we're talking about law enforcement recruiting, defunding the police, or you know what we just talked about with you know the military not reaching their numbers, but let's name all the you know the, the military bases by a different name. I just, 
these things are all misguided and they're not to the objective. And I think that's where we need to be. We need to be on the objective. We need to be reducing crime. We need to reinstate bail. We need to tell folks to stop bastardizing our misdemeanors so we have the reason to arrest people and get back to good, solid police work. And I think all this just undermines every bit of it. Well, thanks. Good points. You know, when I read articles like this, I always look for the word systemic racism because, you know, nothing supports that. In fact, the evidence um, does the exact opposite, supports that it, it does not exist. And, and systemic basically means it's inbred into that culture, into that police profession. It's just not, it's just absolutely, you know, not true. And that- no, but, but Chip, let me ask you something though. And I'm sure Mike had the same thing. We, we, you and I took the same promotional exam questions, right? 7% of the people commit 70% of the crime, right? We're always talking about recidivism. And I say it on this show all the time. We might not be smart, but we know our business. When you do away with bail reform because you want social justice to be at the forefront, you have just taken that known statistic that is a fact that 7% of the, and put those folks right back in the middle of the street where they're going to do 70% of the crime every day, every day, every day. Like I, because you're trying to do it in the in the name of social justice, and it's just not effective. It's not looking at it from a factual standpoint, but applying a social policy to a statistical problem. You, it's never going to work. All right, good commentary, excellent words, and especially well, when you have no consequences. I mean, you know, because again, you, as quick as you arrest them, I mean, it's like Baker acting somebody, you know, you're dropping them off. And then as quick as you get back in the car, they're going back out the front door on a commitment, emergency commitment. So it's the same thing with, you know, when you're locking somebody up, you're taking them to jail. And then again, there's, you know, they're being released as quick as you're dropping them off and out to, um, you know, commit crime once again. And, you know, we're seeing it, you know, across the country, these, um, you know, a, a bunch of youths running into a Wawa up in Philadelphia or, you know, a 7-Eleven or whichever, and, um, you know, just looting these stores. And again, as quick as you arrest them, there's nothing being done to them. There's no consequences. Thanks. All right. Well, I'm going to, um, we're going to move on and, uh, you know, I'm going to make producer Will happy. We're going to jump to a video. I'm going to go a little out of order. Uh, but you know, with our segments, you know, producer Will takes this 90 minute live show that we do at seven o'clock Eastern time every Monday. And he splits this 90 minute show up in the five segments that we upload to YouTube and the rumble Tuesday through Saturday. And so, you know, each segment is going to be at least 18 minutes long, but when we embed, embed the videos that we're talking about and, uh, you know, it can make it a little bit longer. So we try to get a video in the every segment. So we're going to take video number one, and this is on rumble. And for people listening to us over, uh, the, the airwaves or through podcast, we're going to describe in great detail what's going on in the video. So you don't miss out on anything. Look, we got a commercial break coming up. So when we get back, we're going to cover the first one and uh, we will be right back. Now, Motion DSP, uh, they've been supporting the law enforcement industry for over 15 years with a robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. I know personally that's very important in law enforcement. So Motion DSP software is easy to use and it requires no specialized training or expertise. You can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automated tracking features and forensic suite of enhancement filters. You can achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. The Spotlight was built specifically for redaction and was designed to work with video from any camera source. Using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, Spotlight 
automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, saving users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. You can get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in minutes instead of hours. So learn more about these products at motiondsp.com. Welcome back to Leo Roundtable Show. You know, I've got uh, a story involving Motion DSP coming up. We'll cover it after the video, but um, we're on Rumble. This is Butters the Channel. And look, I consider it the best law enforcement video channel, and it's on uh, on Rumble. This is Butter, so look for it, support him, and uh, they're doing a great, great work over there. So in this particular one, uh, we've got a suspect that's shot by police after ramming into a patrol vehicle during a chase on a Saturday, and it's Houston PD. So officers conducted a traffic stop, and it's a black Ford pickup truck. And, of course, you know, anybody driving a black Ford pickup truck, nothing good's going to come out of that, right, Chief John? So uh, it's speeding, and it's just after midnight. Of course, it just makes it even worse, right? Uh, officers said that when they got out of their patrol cars, they gave the driver commands, and the driver refused to comply, and then, of course, speeds off. You got all this on the dash cam. So during the 15-minute pursuit, at two different times, the suspect comes to a complete stop, and then he puts the vehicle, the truck, in reverse, and he rams the front of the officer's vehicle. So eventually, traffic backs up. It traps the suspects. It ends the chase. And then, you know, of course, the vehicle comes to a stop. And that's when the officer realizes that there's three different suspects inside the vehicle. They all bail. So three suspects, they get out, they run away. The driver uh, was running with a weapon in his hand. And one of the officers engaged by shooting him. And uh, that goes down. Now, there's also a passenger um, that runs out the right side. It kind of looks like they're stopped in front of an entrance ramp to the interstate. And so a Leo, a law enforcement officer, comes by and um, and just takes this guy out with a tackle. And right when a police SUV is rolling up, it looks like it was going to run him over. I don't know how he missed him. And so, our, uh, look, the, the driver that shot is transported to the hospital. The two suspects were detained, one via a beautiful tackle. Uh, that's the way that goes down. And, 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 and really when we're covering this, we, we are, have a tendency to be, the, to be critical of officer involved shootings involving occupied vehicles because so many of them are done wrong. And, uh, and I'm kind of curious, um, you know, uh, you know, what you guys think about this one, of course they bailed, but it's a, it's a heck of a chase. Chase. Uh, what do you think chief John? You know, the, ch the chase was phenomenal and I agree with you, but he made it easy on the cops. He bailed. With a firearm, you know, you know, so 
I, I you know, I, I was really focused on the actual shooting rather than the pursuit. Um, but I, you know, I, I thought the officer did a great job. I tell you what, people don't realize how fast these things happen. You know, on the, the body worn shows are really good. He runs up to the guy, and as he's running, because you, you know, when you're running with the body cam, you see the two hands up front. All of a sudden, that right hand disappears because you know where it's going. And then he comes up and takes care of business. Yeah, guy even fought a little bit when they're trying to get the handcuffs on him. But you're right. Most of the time, I'd be a little bit worried when you have more than one person in the car. But he made it easy on him by bailing out of the car with the gun. And I, I thought it was a good. I thought it had a happy ending. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The when the pat when one of the two passengers bailed out on the uh, on the right side, I thought he had his left hand. Uh, I you know I thought that he was that he was going for a weapon or holding a weapon, and you know the one that got tackled. But um, but uh, anyhow, it was it, it was uh, it was interesting. A lot a lot going on when you got multiple people, and then of course. You know, a seasoned cop knows to be very to be very careful running by a car that's been occupied when you're chasing the driver or someone bailing out because there could be somebody you know waiting for you to run by the car that's inside the car that that could take you out. So um, you never know, right? Uh, right, Mike Roach. Absolutely. You know, and um, it's I was concerned somebody was going to get run over there when he made that tackle, which was a game saving tackle. Okay. Um, uh, similar to the streaker there on the, the, the football field and uh, it, it took him down. And, you know, fortunately, I don't know how they avoided running over him, but they uh, somehow did. And then, you know, you know, the, the other thing, too, is that you didn't hear anybody getting overly excited. Everybody was measured uh, on the radio traffic and then the commands then at the scene after the, um, you know, he fired the shots, took him down. And, you know, hey, let's get him cuffed and then let's start, you know, our, you know, uh, applying, you know, tourniquets or whatever needs to be done and medical intervention at that point. But you, you didn't hear anybody panicking or getting crazy over everything. So I was impressed with that as well. Well, you know, I'm in shock, Mike, because the guy that writes a book about mass killers being concerned about people being run over by a by a police vehicle. I don't know. I just, you know, I'm just shocked to hear that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Look, another commercial break. We'll be right back. So let's talk about industry leader technology solutions for law enforcement. It's Guardian Alliance Technologies. Now, their software will cut background investigators' time in half. Now, we all know there's a, a call for more accountability in not only hiring, but also in selecting who gets to wear the badge. And with Guardian, they developed a CGIS-compliant background investigative software platform that helps weed out problematic applicants in record time. And with Guardian, the entire background check process is more comprehensive and it's more it's much more faster for both the agency and the applicants. There's no upfront fees or long-term commitments, so I strongly recommend that you visit them today at guardianalliancetechnologies.com. Also, let's talk about Medicare insurance options. I mean, even judging from our panel, except from, for producer Will, look, we're all getting closer or we're there to retirement age. So look, uh, these benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific healthcare needs? I mean, in Hillsborough County, Florida, where I'm at, there's over 80 options alone. So the answer is simple. Contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in Florida or the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll help you save money on your medication co-pays to find plans that your doctors actually accept and get you more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live or 813-245-6656. Hey, can, can you hold that book up for us? I, I, I want yeah, sure. to, um, I, I see one. I'm looking. Okay, there you, there you go. There you go. Let's see. So, there we go. Mass killers. There we go. 
And, and so if yeah. our users, you know, and, and look, uh, you know, Mike's written a great book. If you guys want to get a hold of it, I, is Amazon the best way for them to get a hold of the book? Go yeah. To yeah. In fact, uh, Amazon's the exclusive um, on, on the book. In fact, all of my books, because I've written a series of fiction uh, books as well about a female homicide investigator. Wow. All right. Excellent. Yeah. So Amazon.com guys to uh, check out Mike Roach, R-O-C-H-E. He's got another one here. Yeah. The blue, the blue, uh, blue monster. monster. Okay. Yeah. So right. the, the Tampa police department is the blue monster because it's a blue paneled building. <laughs> oh, well, we could wear Boy, the stories we could start telling, but I don't, <laughs> but John's, John's on the show. I don't want to incriminate panelists. So yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I kind of hinted that there was a story involving motion uh, DSP, at least a product line. You know, they do uh, look, it's, it's redaction and enhancement software for video. And then, of course, redaction for, for audio. And, I'll, and I can tell you guys, give you guys some examples on how they can become very important. Of course, you know, I worked with uh, organized crime, public corruption and adult entertainment, which entertains those things in, in Tampa when I was, you know, with the Tampa Police Department during my career. But there was a time. Uh, when I was um, in, involved with the Hillsborough County State Attorney's Office, and they, uh, I wasn't necessarily getting along with them that well at the time. And, you know, I ended up being a whistleblower, and a lot of that came from my investigation into the Hillsborough County State Attorney's Office. Um, but that's another story. But I did get ordered by the court to deliver um, redacted video within a specified amount of time. And, you know, I, uh, they even went down to internal affairs complaint about me not being able to meet, meet that deadline. But, you know, the thing was, is that we just did not have the software and the capability to do that. And so that's why with motion DSP, it becomes so, it becomes so important because sometimes you have these timelines that appear uh, to where you actually have to make it available for the court. Plus, if you don't redact certain things, and that could be blurring a face of an undercover agent or maybe a confidential informant, you know, which can save lives. Um, I remember um, Judge uh, James Dominguez um, throwing a fit because uh, we didn't want to reveal um, a confidential informant, you know, in court, and he just blew a gasket. So all these things are very, very important. Motion DSP can help you get there and save lives in the process. Thank you to our panelists. I know we had a, uh, a, a light crew uh, this evening, so thank you, uh, Mike Roach, for being on the show, and Chief John. I know you guys are very busy. And uh, I, hopefully David won't hear us talking about his medical condition. A shout out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, uh, Guardian Life Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Life, TACTOTE.com, and also Bang Energy for fueling us. Um, I'm drinking the uh, Cherry Blade Lemonade. It's awesome. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. Also, FLG Man and MVS. Thank you.